Thank you, Aaron. 2.32 here on your Thursday. We talked to Eric Nelson about the kickoff of the NFL season. So you got a game tonight in Kansas City between the Chiefs and the Lions. You got the Banjo Bowl on Saturday. You got some more CFL action across the league, and you got NFL Sunday as well. But we're going to focus on the Bombers uh, pregame show, 1 o'clock, and then the kickoff with their own Derek Taylor, who joins me now, voice of the Bombers. DT, what's this week been like? Uh, kind of short on things to talk about, No. Well, there's been one thing to talk about a million different ways, right? And it's Pete Robertson's headbutt on Zach Kalaris. And we got to, on a week like this, we only get to talk to the quarterbacks once in advance of tomorrow. So, of course, we talked to Zach about it yesterday. And he, you know, he'd very clearly put some thought into it. And the heat of the moment had, had subsided, right? So he still, I still believe he was mad about it because, come on, how could you not be? But, uh, you know, we talked a b- bit about, you know, how guys reacted to it, how how they think Saskatchewan will look because Robertson is suspended for the Banjo Bowl. And there's just it's it's just such a big happening in such a big rivalry that it, it's going to dominate the lead up to the game. Absolutely. Yeah. And to, along those lines, um, like we're focused on this. I know the fans are and we're discussing it. It's a hot topic, but. And I think the players are too, don't get me wrong. You would know more than I do about that, Derek, but they're also probably focused on that loss a little bit more, the players themselves and the team. Oh, I, I absolutely think they are. It uh, it does give them some media cover, right, when you have such an inflammatory incident. We're not talking about, oh, they couldn't get that two-point convert and what happened to the defense late and why was the offense so slow starting early and, oh, the special teams, the coverage, which looked good for five punt returns, led them down on number six and ended up leading to the tying points. And, oh, this is – it's <laughs> – but, yeah, as much as, you know, the media and, and fans won't focus on, you know, the problems that, that you know, showed up in that game, the, the players and the coaches certainly are aware of, of what that game – I don't know if exposed is the right word, but at least showed us about the Bombers. So I was listening to the post game as I always do with you and Doug Brown and sometimes Christian O'Mal if, if it's not a road game and all that. But I, what I took from it, I totally agreed with you on the kicking game, the coverage and the return game. And, and that's what I wanted to ask you about specifically with the Janarian Grant. Doesn't look like he'll be returning anytime soon. How much does that affect what the Bombers want to do? Oh, it's it's absolutely enormous, right? If you wanted to say that Janarian Grant is the best returner in the CFL, there's not a lot that people could could use to argue against you. There's great returners in the league, and Janarian is absolutely among the top level of them. The Bombers put him back on the six-game injured list. He'd been on the six-game injured list. He practiced – well, he didn't practice last week necessarily, but he was out at practice, and he was doing some – non-full speed running and we thought oh okay well this is the precursor to you know eventually returning to practice and then eventually returning to play but he didn't practice yesterday and the bombers re-upped him on the six game injured list which you have to believe it's going to be a a while before he's back still with that ankle problem so that's that's one uh greg mccray who was the first guy to take over for Grant in the return game. He's going on to the, well, he went onto the practice roster as of last night. O'Shea confirmed today that McCray's not going to play on Saturday and they're going to use that spot to get another special teamer on in Malik Clements, but he's a blocker tackler as opposed to a returner. So it looks like Jam- it, we're assuming it'll be Jamal Parker for a second straight game handling the returns. And, you know, Parker caught the ball cleanly. Um, and on those punt singles, he was doing what he was told to and let the ball, you know, go over your head from the 10 yard line. 
but he didn't uh, he didn't ignite anything. I, I think in, as far as that return game goes, and that's what we want as fans as someone who can put a little life into this. And you know, here's thirty yards. Let's get the offense going. Yeah, indeed. Uh, what was it like at practice to yesterday? Um, and I asked because in case anybody missed it, I'm I'm aware of it. And then I want to ask you a follow up. But what was practice like yesterday? Practice seemed to be a lot more. They had the regular periods of you know the offensive twelve against the defensive twelve, but they broke up. It felt like they broke up into position groups and worked on basics more often. Like okay, runners get down low, receivers you know get your feet and your head and your eyes all in the same in the in the right spots. They really felt more like back to the basics. And then there was some heat as well, which I think was was the big thing. Of uh, Kenny Lawler ended up yelling at Winston Rose at one point. And I didn't see what it was, but someone had said, oh, I think Rose tackled him to the ground, which is sort of a no-no. But Lawler was irate, screaming from across the field at Winston Rose, and it eventually got calmed down. And then the guys eventually, you know, talked it out a little later. And then Nick Dembski caught a pass. Uh, he caught a pass up the seam on, I forget which defensive back it was, maybe have been Cramdy. But then he gets up and he spikes the ball to the ground. You know, like, there is... There is some real heat in this practice. My goodness. And and if you if you want to think it comes from, hey, we just lost in Sask and we haven't lost in Sask in quite a while, I I would probably agree with that. That's was gonna be my follow-up question. Both the loss in Saskatchewan, but also at nine and three, um, a practice like that is is a positive? Uh, uh, is it not? Or is it just we're upset we lost in Saskatchewan? Because I think really good teams will have a loss or two, but the third or fourth loss, they go, we're better than this, and they get angry. Yeah, I would perceive it as a positive for sure. They, With that loss, they lost kind of their margin for error in the race with BC for first place, right? Uh, they're And they're not thinking about this, but we as, as fans and the media absolutely will. Will they host the West Final is kind of what we want to know from these final six games. They now don't have a margin for error. If they were to lose that game in BC on October sixth, they're they're probably not hosting the West Final, which is obviously which is an enormous deal for reasons we've talked about before. So yeah, I absolutely took it as a positive of oh these guys are fired. Anytime athletes get fired up in the doldrums of the season, I I can't believe it's not a positive. Besides the kicking, uh, well, the kick coverage in the return game, what else stood out to you? Because the, the the thing that I keep having in the back of my mind was the sustained drives by the Saskatchewan offense. Yeah, they went, they did have some troubles in the middle part of the game, but at the end when it counted. Right. Uh, like Jake Dolegala, he's their third string quarterback, and he looked like it in the beginning, right? There were points where he was sailing up deep balls, and Doug Brown in the booth with me was saying, that's 10 yards past a guy. I don't really know where you're throwing that. There were some legit terrible misses early on, but by the end of the game, he was calm in the pocket. He was hitting those out routes like, like he should have. And I mean, that overtime drive, bink, boop, boop, they're in the end zone. Boop, here's the two pointer. That was, that was fantastic football and, and super encouraging if you're the riders and Dola Gala. And you look at that and go, well, oh, there wasn't more resistance or why wasn't there more resistance along the way is it was it just incredible you know an incredible spurt of quarterbacking or is it something about the uh the bombers themselves the 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 one i think maybe that stands out defensively is demario houston on second and 14 from saskatchewan's four yard line he tries to jump that ball for the interception 
and it ends up going 64 yards behind him. That's that's something that you go. That's a mental mistake, and you just can't you can't have that in in the rematch on Saturday. Well, and Mike O'Shea was phenomenal about that on the coaches' show and how he addressed that and said, "I get it. You want to make a play, but the play is you make a tackle and they punt." Um, that's good coaching, but Mike O'Shea with that insight there to share with our listeners and the fans, uh, I, I think that's commendable. A lot of coaches, I feel would go, well, he tried to make a play and we'll work on it, blah, blah, blah. The insight Michael Shea gave about that is really, uh, I thought was phenomenal for the the fans to hear. Well, I'm with you 100%. And it's, I talked about it in, in the three keys to the game that I do with Ed Tate of the Bombers. Of uh, Saskatchewan has defensive backs who, who I've kind of perceived as their risk-reward meter is is broken. And I think you saw that on Drew Wolitarski's touchdown. Yeah, Nick Marshall tries to play, oh, I'm going to stop this one, and he gets beat over top by a guy he should feel like he can run with in every spot. Demario Houston, like the reward, a pick would be great, but you're going to get points, like O'Shea said, if you just force a punt. So the reward isn't that great, and the risk, especially when you know he would he would presumably know that if this guy catches this ball, he's going to run a long way because of what's happening elsewhere in this play. The The risk is too great to make that in that spot, but it's something we saw earlier in the game where Demario jumped a route and uh, Dola Gallup missed the throw badly, and that was the only thing that kept Demario from making the interception. And you saw Demario point and put his fingers real close together and, and kind of say to Jake Dola Gala, I was that close. I was that close to getting you. And you feel like, well, him jumping that route and missing it and it being a 64-yard completion was just the progression of, I was that close earlier, I'm going to get this one. Oh, crap, I didn't get this one. I, uh, I I know that Pete Robertson is public enemy number one in this province. At the risk of becoming public enemy number two, I kind of liked what he had to say about the incident this week. Um, I know a lot of our listeners might not want to hear that, but what did you make of how he addressed it? I, I liked it better than how Coach Dickinson addressed it. Yeah, I, I think Robertson – so Robertson, I was digging back through the database. Robertson had never been fined or suspended in the CFL. So let's just start with that. And he came up – I mean, he comes out and says, I made a mistake. You know, I, I made a mistake. That's not in my character to be doing that. He didn't really have an explanation for what was going through his mind in the moment, which I, I understand if you want to keep that to yourself or you just don't remember why – you went so crazy for a split second. Um, I, I totally understand that, but I think he he addressed it. I think that's exactly what I would would want to hear from a guy. Like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that to my teammates. I I shouldn't do that. That's not a football play. Those kind of things. I, it was it was exactly the response I would have wanted, and I, and it's one that I kind of hope calms everything down. Of this wasn't Saskatchewan had Garrett Marino right, and it, it seemed like that guy was trying to hurt people. I, I didn't leave that game, and I don't sit here today thinking that Pete Robertson intended to hurt anybody. I think he was more careless than dangerous, let's say, let's say with it, or maybe, maybe even a little reckless, but definitely not dangerous in, in his play. So I, I really appreciated what he had to say, and, and I think it speaks to this is a good guy who did a bad thing, and I, and I hope that's kind of how how fans view it. Well, and that's how I viewed it. Like, I, I totally expect I can't do that to my team. That's a given. The part I really respect was I can't do that play. Like, it's, you can't, I mean, that's what I've been on social media banging the drum for. Take the names, the teams out of it. You can't do that in the game of football. And he should have got kicked out of the game. And I'm glad he got a one-game suspension. I 
uh, you know, I don't want to alleviate anything what he did from the situation, but I also do think he, he orders some commitment to address that specifically. You cannot do that play in the game of football. No, absolutely, because it's not football, right? right. Like once everybody's body kind of relaxes and the play is over, you can't start hitting people that doesn't yeah you just you can't do it so many so many rough things happen in the game that you just don't need that extra stuff it's not to me it i don't think a guy is cooler or tougher because he does that stuff um it doesn't make you i i mean unless you are a full-on crazy person uh <laughs> 1980s style crazy person on the field where you're grabbing helmets and you're swinging helmets at dudes and stuff like that it's not going to change another person's perception of you really like it just it just it's unnecessary roughness and fortunately football has a penalty called unnecessary roughness for uh, for football indeed i only have 20 seconds but what do you expect on yeah. saturday uh saskatchewan's offensive line is got real injury problems after the labor day game so maybe willie jefferson and company get back into the sack column in a big way let's look at that Hey, great coverage all week, DT. Great show with the coach. And as always, great call on Sunday. And I look forward to this one this week as well. Really appreciate your insight today and uh, all the best on Saturday with the call. Quick tease, huge special guest in the pregame show at 1.15. I can't tell you, can't tell you who, oh. huge special guest at 1.15. And it's the Banjo Bowl, right? So I'm trying to mm -hmm. figure this out. I'll just have to tune in. But all right, I look forward to it now. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Wow. Now they got me thinking. Well, I just have to tune in. Uh, Derek Taylor and the pregame show at 1 o'clock kickoff Saturday. Bangible sold out IG Field. And you'll hear it right here on 680 CGOB. Richard and Skyler next on the Jim Tilt Show on 680 CGOB.